Welcome to Voices of E-Learning, reflecting the people living and breathing the future of education and online learning with your host, J.W. Marshall. Hello and welcome everyone to today's episode of Voices of E-Learning. I'm your host, J.W. Marshall with MarketScale, and we're so glad that you found us today. Uh, we have not one, but two great guests on this episode. First, we have Matt McQuillan, the co-founder and CEO of Zillow. And we also have with us Jeff Harris, co-founder and president of Zillow. Jeff, Matt, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks so great. much for having us. Thanks, Absolutely. Susan. Yeah, and we're looking forward to a lively uh, conversation today. Uh, before we dive into uh, our questions, it would be great if you could give our audience a little background on yourself and a little background on Zella. And uh, Matt, we're going to start with you. Sure. Thanks so much. I'm Matt McQuillan. As uh, JW mentioned, I'm one of the co-founders of Zello and, uh, and the CEO. And a little bit of background. Um, well, both Jeff and I have been doing this for quite some time, over 25 years. And I'll let Jeff tell the story of, of how we came to uh, embark on this journey together. Um, but really, you know, we, we started with the idea of helping students create a plan for the future. And we've been on a journey to try and make that happen. And uh, I think we're, we're doing some pretty interesting work now with Zello. And we probably get a little bit more into the story as we go forward. But um, yeah, happy to be here and uh, looking forward to the conversation. Uh, Jeff, over to you. Oh, thanks, Matt. Yeah, as Matt said, it's been it's been a long journey. I mean, you know, ed tech is is commonly discussed these days. But when we started about 25 years ago, it was CD-ROM technology that was kind of the the newest and greatest thing. Um, the motivation for for getting started with uh, with Zello was really our own experiences. Uh, for me personally, finishing university and then not having a real clear sense of where to go next. Uh, and looking around and seeing lots of people in that same situation. And, and I'm sure we can all relate. We have all probably either ourselves or have had friends and family who have kind of struggled to figure out where they're going to go with their career. So for me, it was a real kind of revelation, realizing I'd, I'd come that far and, and didn't have a strong sense of direction. Um, so Matt and I were exchanging ideas, thinking about, you know, what could we do as, as, as a business and this is the one that, that really emerged and was most appealing to us. Um, and I, I think what was unique is that we really approached it from a student perspective because we'd recently gone through this issue ourselves and we're, we're grappling with it as students. So I think that coming at it from the student perspective was very helpful for us and that's remained part of our, our culture ever since. I love that uh, approach, um, especially in 2020, um, a lot of, uh, stakeholders in education like students and parents really I feel like started to get their voice uh, in the market and so it's really great to hear of a company building with the students in mind first. I know it sounds obvious in many cases but it doesn't always work out that way. Um, talk to us a little bit to start out about the importance of prepping kids uh, for careers early on well before college. Yeah, it's great. I can I can maybe start and let let Matt share his thoughts. Um, you know, you're so right about um, well the importance, but also how we often start preparing kids when they're about to make that important decision. So there's lots of decision points or triggers that students will go through. There's course selection. There's maybe streaming once they transition from middle school into high school. There's different pathway options for them. 
And so they're forced to make those decisions. And then of course, what are they gonna do after grade 12? There's, there's that decision to make too. And then a lot of times we try to pack a bit of career exploration and planning work around those activities. But the reality is it's, it's an ongoing kind of thing that needs to be learned. Uh, one of the core elements of, of making good choices is understanding who you are. And self-knowledge is not something that comes easily to people. It's something they have to work at over time. And so we certainly favor a, a full K-12 approach to career development. And I think if you look at a lot of education policy, it certainly leans in that direction too. It just allows students the time that's necessary to become good at these things and, and make some of these um, choices and, and have a sense of direction before they're forced into making choices that have real consequences. Yeah, what, what I'd add too to that, um, JW, is first that when, when looking at the research in terms of what is successful for helping kids be ready for um, life after high school, what it shows is that the earlier you start, the better the outcomes. Um, but also that the best kind of um, programming around this area is a light touch. So it's, you know, not, not where you're doing something every year in a rigorous fashion, because if you think about it, it takes time for people to understand themselves. It takes time for them to learn about the, you know, the real world. So to try and force it all to happen in a particular grade um, doesn't really work very well. So that, that's the model that we've been going on. Um, the second thing is that, you know, through working with students and, and doing research, you know, one of the things we realize is that kids actually know very little about the real world. And, and it only kind of often hits them when they're in grade 12. So um, because that can be very daunting to try to bring, you know, bring that knowledge and, and develop those skills over their academic career, um, you know, that's going to be something that will, will stand them in good stead. And I think the last thing is just um, what we found, and Jeff was talking, you know, alluding to this, is that um, for better or worse, trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life is a process. It's not something where you type it into the Google search bar and you get an answer. It's, it's almost like the exact opposite of that. And as human beings, it's not something that we, um, that we find much comfort in a process. We want we want easy, um, concrete approaches to get to answers. And so this is a really weird one <laughs> that that is always changing. So that's what we that's what we're trying to help people with. And there's no real endpoint, right? It's every ending is a new beginning, and and that's uh, uh, good and sometimes frustrating. Um, and and as adults and, and educators, it's the knowledge curse of knowing what we know and and forgetting a lot of times that. The students have not had the same experiences in life and, and not assuming things. Um, and, and finally, I think the thread I'm gaining here is uh, it doesn't have to be intense, but it has to be intentional uh, throughout the process. And, and I think that's maybe the piece that uh, we get busy and, and we just forget to be intentional sometimes. Um, you've brushed up on, on some of these, but um, I know you guys uh, you know, have uh, talked about in the past the three keys uh, to ensuring success in college and career readiness. Um, and I would love to just kind of dive in uh, if you guys want to popcorn back and forth and just talk through what are the three keys and, and why are they important right now? Um, yeah, I mean, when I think of, I think the first thing is in thinking about college and career readiness, just to um, draw a little bit of a line around what we do and what we commonly think about in terms of college and career readiness. So um, at, its, at the highest level, college and career readiness is 
everything you do in your academic career to prepare you for life after high school. So that's academics, that's personal, that's social. Um, sort of where we are zeroed in on is one aspect of that. It's the planning, it, it, it's the planning for a career, planning for your post-secondary options. Um, so from, from that perspective, it's, it's sort of a, it's one piece of the puzzle. Um, and, and I guess for us in terms of being successful, um, how we define success and, and what we're trying to help all students with is two things. Um, one is making sure that they have a plan, that, that they are, you know, you were, used the word intentional. Um, it's sort of the same thing, but that they're committed to. And it can be in the smallest way, just some level of commitment to this is what I think my future is. And, and this is based on the belief that a student with a plan is a, is a different student from one without a plan. So we're working really hard to just try and find, um, you know, for some kids, they have a very clear idea of what they want to do. Others, let's give them a life preserver so that they feel like they're going somewhere. Whatever it is, I don't care what it is, but they, they're excited about their future. So having a plan is really critical. And then the other part is the skills and knowledge to change and pivot that plan. Um, because as you say, things change. So you might have the greatest plan um, you know, in the world, but then suddenly you talk to someone and you realize, oh my God, I, I can't do that. I, that's something I, you know, that's gonna be part of my everyday life, no. So how do I change that? Um, so those are the things that, that we're really focused on. Um, Jeff, what, what would you add to that? Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. I, I mean, I think, um, you know, one of the things JW is that there, there can be a ton of complexity around career development, um, you know, be it college planning. There's so many details and so many bits and pieces that it can be overwhelming. So if we think about a three-part model, which is how we've tried to kind of architect our software, it is starting with that foundation of self-knowledge and just saying, look, you know, if you're going to make smart choices, if you're going to navigate your future, you really need to understand a bit about what makes you tick and what your own preferences are. So saying, let's, let's start with that and let's really focus in on that. And then we want you to, um, secondly, to understand your options and do some exploration. Ideally, you know, getting out, connecting with the real world. Um, and that can be, you know, that can be mediated through software or it can be done with your own experiences, summer jobs, internships. Um, really any kind of volunteer experience, any experience you can get is, is going to really help you, especially if you're applying, um, you know, some kind of uh, reflection to those activities and some kind of lens of wanting to understand uh, what you like and don't like about those experiences and viewing them as, as learning opportunities. So that's really the second piece. Um, again, just try, trying to keep things simple for people. And then that third component is the, the planning aspect that, that Matt has referred to. So you need to start to be intentional about where you want to go, uh, setting goals, and then um, creating a plan that's gonna get you there. I love that. And so often, even as adults, we are, find ourselves in these critical moments trying to figure things out. And we look back and we think, oh, well, I've always liked this or like that. And again, being an intentional when you're younger to be processing that and thinking that way, I, I think not only will help you then, but will help you throughout your life, uh, exactly. which is a really great life skill, right? Yeah. Um, so you guys have experts in digital learning in across 20,000 schools, uh, centers and libraries across North America and over 100,000 uh, people logging in, using the site every day, registering over 5 million page views. Who are these experts and who is this for? Well, yeah, it's, I mean, putting together 
a software program that is used by students and it truly engages them is, as you might guess, uh, and as you know, uh, a huge challenge. And there are a lot of different disciplines that need to go into figuring out what is it that's going to keep a student, a young person engaged in an activity when they have so many other options available to them, especially if you look at this year, um, you know, no one's, you know, a lot of people are not in class, so they don't have an instructor watching over them. So it's even more critical than, than ever. So the kind of um, skills that we bring to the table in terms of, of expertise uh, would first be around just understanding the academic um, the knowledge that has been built up in this area. So making sure that we have um, the right um, understanding of the literature and, and what has been uncovered through research. Um, but then, you know, we also need experts in talking to students and hearing uh, how they see problems. You know, as a, as a 40 year old designing software for a 13 year old, you might bring a completely different set of assumptions as you mentioned JW. So we got to break through those barriers by sitting down and talking to students and finding out really what are they thinking. Um, just to give you one example, we uncovered very early on that you know, no student could tell us the difference between a two-year college and a four-year college. Wow. No, 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 no understanding of what an apprenticeship was. Now, I kind of expect that, but the four-year, two-year college example, um, that, was, that was an eye-opener for us. So um, you know, we have people who are expert in interviewing students to get what they really think rather than sort of ask and tell you ask questions. Um, if you ask them in the right way, you know, you ask them in a, a way that assumes something, you might not get to the core of the issue. So we have great researchers. And then the other part is on the design front, um, just bringing in the best designers we could possibly find that were passionate about solving this problem. That's been a real key. Um, so, so all of those things are kind of what comes to, comes to bear on the problem. And then there's always, you know, you're gonna have all of your engineers, all of your QA people to deliver something that's fast, reliable. And so it's, it's quite a, a machine to, to sort of try and get everyone working together to deliver that. Um, and I think we have, because the main thing I look at is how long are students using the program and are they staying on it? And we're seeing on average, if a student logs in, they're on there for about 19 minutes. And, you know, I, I've got a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old. Unfortunately, I don't see them do very much for more than five minutes. So the fact yep. that students are doing it for 19 minutes, uh, I've been super encouraged by that. Jeff, what would you add? Yeah, yeah I mean, we, in terms of, well, yeah, as Matt, Matt touched on a lot of the expertise that we've had to build up internally to, to be able to do a good job in this field, we draw a lot of inspiration and, and guidance from education policy that's written around career development from state to state. There are very, you know, inspiring visions for what educators and administrators would like to see happen for students in the area of career development. But there's a, a sizable gap between the, the vision and the policy and then the reality in the classroom. Uh, it's really challenging to translate that vision into, into reality and make it real for, for all students. And so we, we see that as, as a big part of our role is to try to take that policy and, and make it achievable for students and for educators by delivering a great experience for them and just and, and simplifying that process. And then as Matt said, you know, we, we have to assume that we know nothing when it comes to what's going to work for students. We have to put things in front of them, 
get feedback and continue to refine and make it better based on what we learn. So there's certainly a heavy research component to everything that we do. And that's great uh, because that's rare with a lot of uh, programs these days. Uh, the, the research, the efficacy isn't always there when you might expect it to be. Uh, and I would imagine you're gaining a lot of data. Uh, you've had a great bullet, uh, data point of 19 minutes. That's phenomenal in today's day and age with uh, the way digital natives learn today. What other uh, insights have you gleaned from all the data that you're capturing, uh, maybe on the success rates of when you customize teaching and learning towards student preferences, things like that? How have you seen the data really drive the process forward uh, internally and externally? Um. You know, JW, one of the things uh, that we looked at when we saw this level of engagement with students was what's happening with our implementations in districts that, that are using Zello. And one of the things that I saw was that we didn't have, if we looked at all of our clients, how many of them had all of their students on the system on a regular basis? And when I looked at the numbers, I, I felt like we could do a lot better. And, and I think the realization is, you know, for me was that we have to focus a lot more of our energy on helping districts figure out how to implement our, our software. Uh, even though like if we look at the usage of Zello versus the average education technology software program, we're still well ahead. You know, it's, it's something like 14 times. But I look at the level of usage and I'm thinking, I want to triple that. I want to quadruple that. And so, you know, for myself and, and Jeff as well, I've spent the last nine months um, working with districts to find out how do we how do we integrate this into the fabric of the district? How do we do a mini transformation? Because just you know, for our particular situation, um, we're not math, we're not social studies, we're not language arts. So it doesn't really fit into there's not a nice slot that it fits into the school day. So you need passionate administrators, dedicated educators that are coming up with a plan like, hey, we're going to put it in the study hall. We're going to put it into this into a spare. Um, so so anyway, that for me, that's what the data really um, highlighted. And, and so I think that's where we need to work um, to get even better results for kids, because if they don't have an opportunity to use it or they don't get into it, they can't get any value. Absolutely. Uh, anything to add to that, Jeff? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Matt was kind of alluding to it. it you know, it is a challenge. We're, um, I mean, the software that we're delivering into education, it's not, it's not the the SIS, it's not the LMS. You know, it's it's something to support the curriculum, and it has to really make a difference for for educators and students to get the kind of adoption that you want to see. So, we have to put a tremendous amount of effort into not just the user experience, but also the customer experience in terms of how we manage our relationships and support districts and help them uh, deliver the software to students. Another kind of tricky or interesting thing about career development is that it tends to get uh, dispersed across the curriculum. It's so, you know, math is obviously contained in math class and English is an English class, but a lot of times the vision around career development is more kind of across the curriculum, whether you'll have things happening in CTE, you'll have things happening in counseling, you'll have things happening in homeroom and maybe in, in core curriculum as well. And that requires an extra layer of um, 
kind of communication and collaboration that we have to be prepared to support. But it, it overall, it works incredibly well. I mean, we, we have some really great success stories around helping districts and even entire states um, meet the metrics that are important for the state's Department of Education. Um, you know, we've seen 90% um, completion rates for grade by grade expectations in some states, which is which is a significant achievement that they haven't been able to do. Certainly without the technology, they, they wouldn't be able to make that happen. So we see those kinds of things that are very encouraging. And through the software, we're continuing to raise the bar by introducing curriculum content, lessons for students to complete, which are more rigorous and challenge the student more and take more time. But we're also seeing really strong adoption of, of those tools as well, which is very encouraging. Yeah, and to your earlier point, it's a bit of a double-edged sword when a program is applicable to everyone in every uh, piece of the education puzzle, um, but yet doesn't have that niche carved out um, that it really is, uh, you know, in the implementation and in the usage. Um, and I'm sure that's district by district, school by school. So kudos to your team for recognizing that many companies don't and really focusing on making sure that every student has access um, and, and that leads to my follow-up question around, uh, just to confirm, this is for every student, um, and I would imagine a lot of underserved student populations can really benefit from this type of career and uh, college readiness that may not have been available to them in the past. Yeah, for sure, JW. And, and you know, when we were going through the concepting uh, of Zello, we, we, had a, we had a predecessor program called Career Cruising, and about five years ago, we said, you know what? we got to start again. We're not moving the needle enough. And so we had a few different personas, types of students that we were trying to uh, serve. And what we, what we realized is that, you know, a certain percentage of the student body, they're going to do extremely well with or without Zello. They've always done well and they always will do well. Um, and then there are going to be students that are, you know, really struggling. And then they're going to be probably a, a fairly large percentage of the population that, um, you know, just don't really know what they, they want to do. And maybe they're a bit disengaged. You know, you look at the engagement statistics for students over their, their K-12 career, you, you know, it's a downward sloping line. And so, you know, our goal was, um, how can we turn that around? How can we get more students engaged? How can we serve all students? So that was something that we were, that we were really passionate about. And we talked about, you know, is that feature going to help all students? And are we going to be able to help, you know, these students that are really struggling? So they were very much um, in our minds and, and, and always will be. Um, so we were coming from that angle of, yeah, the people who don't have opportunity, who, you know, don't have access to networks where they can, you know, learn about different careers. Zello can be a difference maker for those kids. Yeah, I mean, some of the things that we talk about internally, you're, you're right on, uh, JW. I mean, we talk about leveling the playing field, um, that being one of our goals. We talk about supporting all students in all pathways. We want, it's about equal opportunity. We want all students to see the best path for them, and we want them to all have exposure to the full range of, of options that are available so they can, you know, find their place and, and see what is, is best for them. There's an element, too, of breaking down some of the gender stereotypes or racial stereotypes that may exist around certain careers and trying to motivate change by showing that, you know, 
people can can be in any career that that these are all available options regardless of your background so that's a huge part of what we do and i think when it comes to the disengaged student that's who we can probably help the most for a lot of students education feels like something that's being done to them rather than for them and so for those students if we can give them um, a vision for the future that they're excited about give them a goal that they're excited about that can really change how they approach education because it's now something that is is relevant for them it's going to help them get to where they want to go rather than just you know being there putting in the time that's a, a perfect uh, answer to you know the question of engagement is showing students the real world connections um, and not just arbitrarily real world connections but that are personalized to them that they could see themselves doing these jobs and they'll have that motivation now to learn the things that they need to learn uh, because they can see there's an end goal here this is building towards something uh, that's so critical for every student but but a certainly um, the disadvantaged student populations. This is really game-changing. So kudos again to you. And uh, I love these conversations because this is just another silver lining out of this pandemic uh, is that students are getting more access and more equity in their education. Um, speaking of the pandemic and congratulations, we made it almost the entire episode without focusing much uh, on it, which is a good sign for all of us moving forward. Um, even with all the challenges, uh, new innovations, um, and digital resources like this are, are making it easier for CCR uh, to roll out. Um, help people understand some tips that you could share on new challenges with CCR given uh, the current public health and safety concerns. Yeah, sure, I can take that. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's been an interesting experience for all of us and, and I think we've all seen, um, you know, some good things and, and some more challenging things that, that have happened over the past year. It, it has certainly motivated a lot of change. I think what has been helpful for us to see is how districts have leaned on the tool to provide continuity of learning for students as best they can. Um, and we've seen, this maybe a little bit off, off topic for, for your question, but um, we've seen a big emphasis on social emotional learning, which has a relationship with career development. So the kinds of skills and knowledge that would help people manage their career and plan for the future are, are pretty similar to, to some of the skills that you would want to teach people to, to, to be well. And so we've seen people really lean on those aspects of the program, which is refreshing because it's, it's really broadening out how they think about career and college readiness to, you know, making students uh, well and stable and prepared to to manage their future moving forward. So that is certainly a trend that we've seen, which which is very helpful and, and hopefully it will continue. Um, overall, it we've just been really impressed by how education has adapted during this time and, and we've tried to adapt with them, um, supporting them with best practices and roundtable sessions, trying to create a sense of community to support them. But I mean, in the past, we never would have said things like education is agile, education is nimble, education is adaptive, but I think we've seen that it, it really can be. And so there, there have been lots of positives from our perspective that have come out of this experience. JW, just um, one other thought about some of the thinking that is, is happening. And that really with, with COVID, I think it's raised some really interesting questions about the purpose of education, what kind of education is needed 
Um, you know, we know that students are, you know, deferring university, thinking about what they want, you know, is university for me? Um, I, you know, for, for, I would say the last five years, I've got a good friend of mine who, he know he knows about Zello. He's interested in the business and he's always telling me, Matt, Matt, education has to be modularized, right? So, <laughs> and now, now he's, he's got having his heyday uh, because obviously that's, that's front and center with everyone. So, you know, from the Zello perspective, um, you know, right now, if you're using Zello, you can see all of your post-secondary options in terms of two-year colleges and four-year colleges. Um, should we be expanding that to, um, you know, six-week courses, boot camps for programming, um, you know, because there are a lot of those really skills-focused programs, um, which could change everything. And, and I think there's, you know, I think there was sort of a, a transition heading that way. Hard to know if it's going to be for 5% of the population or 10%, but I think COVID, like it accelerated online learning and remote learning for K-12, I don't know what it means for the post-secondary world, but we're, we're looking at that and trying to figure out how can Zello help, um, help students even maybe try things out more easily or find different pathways from, from what, have got, what has gone on before. Well, and I think what we do know is it's going to continue to change and evolve. Um, and so knowing that uh, that is happening and that five or 10% of students this is the most important thing to them, right? So we can't get it wrong. We have to pro provide the opportunities. Uh, and Jeff, to your point earlier about the connection of SEL, I think you're right on. I'm glad you went off script and, and brought that up because things like reflecting and, uh, you know, uh, emotional well-being, managing emotions, things like that. Uh, a lot of that is very transferable to thinking about your career and your direction in life and, and they're all interrelated. So appreciate you bringing that up. Um, we're running low on our time here and I always like to uh, end on uh, a half glass full uh, story of success um, as my audience knows. So uh, either both of you or one of you, uh, if you could share a, a recent story of success from 2020 or even here from 2021, uh, could be a student, could be a school, could be a district, um, uh, something that uh, you've heard from your, your uh, customers on, uh, we were here and through Zello, we ended up uh, making this uh, you know, positive impact. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, no, it's a good one. There's, there's lots, there's lots that, that come to mind. I mean, I think, um, you know, just maybe, maybe just mention actually a really, really large district in, in Texas who we've worked with for a long time. And they reached out to us very soon after things started to shut down with COVID. Um, and they were trying to pivot fast. And they were really concerned about providing ongoing learning and making sure that, that, um, that that could continue. And so we worked with them to draw up, which was what was a pretty ambitious plan in terms of grade by grade, what students would complete in the program. We put all of that content on students' dashboards so that it was easily accessible to them. And within a few weeks, um, you know, we deployed all those lessons for students and they, they saw great participation in, in all those activities. And it just, the ability to do it so quickly and pivot with such a large district so fast in such a collaborative way was, was just fantastic. And, and that, those are changes that normally would take, you know, months or even a school year to complete. JW, I'll mention one, um, it's sort of a smaller, a smaller example, but I was, I was excited by it. So um, we have a customer advisory board and, and we were talking to them about 
you know, what, what kind of successes are they seeing and, and where are their challenges? And so one of the features in Zello that you can, um, that you can implement is a high school course selection, like a high school planning system where students will make their, their course selections. And when we design that, you know, the, I, my vision for it was it's got to do one thing really well. It has to track if they're truly on track to graduate. Very simple, right? But that has to be front and center because your success in life, the ability to graduate from high school is, is kind of like the starting point, right? Um, so what I was super excited to hear is they said, you know, Matt, one of the things about Course Planner is that finally all of our students understand what they need to do to graduate. They never knew that before, <laughs> something so simple. And he said, the other thing was, you know, they're going in there on the weekends and they're figuring out that one of the grades that they earned in grade nine was wrong and they'll tell us to correct it. And then we go back to the student information system, we can fix it. And I'm just thinking, wow, that, that's the kind of engagement we want, right? Where their, their lives are, are being, you know, figured out through, through Zello. So that was, that was pretty exciting. That's amazing. And again, something we take for granted at the higher ed level that every student has access to that information, um, but, but we don't at the high school level by and large. And so um, that's really great. I love the dichotomy of the, the, the big district and the specific story. So um, this has been really uh, informative, really uh, great conversation. I have more questions that I want to get to and I don't have time for them. So I'm definitely going to have to uh, have you guys back on uh, maybe this summer or this fall as things continue to change and evolve. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. Thanks so much for having us. Great, great to have the opportunity to have a conversation and um, welcome the opportunity in the future as well. Yeah, thanks so much, JW. It's a pleasure. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. And to my audience, thank you, as usual, for joining us. Uh, you can see our new uh, studio background. Uh, so thank you for uh, all of your continued support, your comments, your engagement with the show. Uh, we look forward to seeing you on a future episode. And always, always keep learning. <laughs>